Sports are back, and you don't want to miss any of the exclusive coverage of this unprecedented sports season. You can subscribe to The Athletic now by going to theathletic.com slash down to dunk, and you will receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you don't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams like the Thunder. Like, what's going to happen with the Thunder? You can get everything that Eric Horn writes, everything that Sam Amick writes, everything that Zach Harper writes, all on The Athletic, while also supporting down to dunk. So make sure you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and receive that 40% off your annual subscription. We hope to see you there. I'm Deontay Burton and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, I'm still in shock, Andrew, uh, <laughs> because the the way in which the game ended yesterday. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm still watching in my head, replaying in my head, the two three-pointers that Andre <laughs> took to close the game. And like, as I said during After Dark, I jokingly tweeted, like, it would be awesome if Dre could close the game with a pull-up. I, I was in disbelief. I, I stared at the TV in disbelief when when that almost happened. They, they were like spot-up shot, no, no dribbles. Yeah. But he took twice. Like, it, like he took the same shot twice mm-hmm. and he nailed it twice. Yep. That was incredible. <laughs> so, if you haven't seen this, one, are you a Thunder fan? Two, go watch it because it's just it's 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 very inspiring. These are he took three shots yesterday. He took three, and two of them were these shots at the end of the game. You know, Dre played 15 minutes during the game, and he hits that corner three off of just like a very clumsy drive, and just this really kind of a bad pass. And he is in typical Andre fashion, all alone. The contest that was done on that shot was not even a contest because they didn't even raise their arm when they ran at him. I don't even know who it was on the Sixers, but they ran, they just kind of barely ran at him, just in typical Andre Robertson fashion. Swish. They didn't, they can, they contested the second one. They're like, okay, we're not going to let this happen again because this will ice the game. Pass out to Dre. Boom. I mean, it was incredible. And then, I mean, he, he had to, def- he was the one defending Korkmaz too, which I don't think is being yeah. discussed. Like he's the guy who it's like, okay, there's the ball. Here's Andre, which is what we've known from Andre for a long time. But for him to hit those and I, and I can't sit here and say, Oh my goodness. Like Andre is now going to be a 37% three point shooter. We've got three and D Dre. This is all of our dreams are coming true. And Walt Disney world, I mean, I'm not really. 37? Oh, thir- did I say 47? I, I meant to say 37, but maybe. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm in shock. I, I'm thinking like 45 at least. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he looks pretty good. I, he, and he looked better yesterday than he did in the initial game as well against the Boston Celtics. Like, he looks, he looks all right. And Billy this morning during media availability which is still very strange because like he has to wear a mask and he's still on the like it's just a it's just a weird feel. But on the call today, he said that he's really pleased with his progress. That he thinks that they're going to find a role for him, and that he's, I mean, that to me was a huge indicator because he's just kind of playing in garbage time. Yeah, in the first two games, and I think a lot of it is just trying to figure out where he's at and seeing what he's got and not putting him in a pressure situation, but. To me, if you're looking at an eight-man or nine-man rotation, he's got to be in there, right? I mean, Hami had a, a bounce-back game from his first one. Still, I don't, I don't trust Hamadou Diallo to be out there. Terrence Ferguson, he's the same dude. It's the same Ferg from all season. That There's potential lying underneath there, but you're not even getting to it. And then you have Dre, who is clear. Like, th- those guys are not or at least Terrence is a, is a good defender, 
but there's a difference between like the mind of Andre and the, and the question has always been, does his mind match his body? And I don't think it's as far off as what I thought it would be up to this point. Like he's, he looks, he looks okay. Like he looks like he can play. And even, even Billy said today that he can play the two through the four. And I mean, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't put him at the two. Uh, I don't know that any. I don't know that a lot of people would have called him a two ever in his career, in his career. Like suddenly, like he's definitely yeah. a two guard. But for Billy to have the confidence to say we would play him at the two through the four, that means Billy thinks he's moving well enough to go on to play on the perimeter, which is very encouraging. Yeah, I mean, I was joking kind of uh, about the three pointers. That was not uh, what stand what, what stood out to me about that game. The thing that really impressed me was the way in which he guarded Alec Burks. Because, I mean, Burks might not be uh, a top 25 guard in the league, but he is a competent NBA player. Yeah. And when Andre was guarding him, he had no clue. Mm-hmm. He was old Andre, the guy who isn't always in the right spot, who defends screen um, at a very high level. Maybe the lateral quickness on screens is not as good as it it was like uh, when he was peak Trey, Uh, but he's still so smart that he he will allow only very difficult shots. And maybe like old Andre could put like, could put um, Steph Curry and or James Harden into troubles. Maybe this version of Under cannot. But having a guy that will be a plus defender that will never screw up defensively and probably can provide plus value on everyone but the top 10 guard in the league is an extreme luxury in his playoffs. I will never put Hamidou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, Abdel Nader in, on the floor before <laughs> him. Um, yeah. With Baisley, I have a soft spot only because I think that his development is extremely important. Mm-hmm. There is a future for him that it's not yet written. Uh, if, if, you t- if you tell me that next year he doesn't improve a thing, uh, I say, well... It is in the realm of possibilities. If you tell me that he has an improvement uh, that is like similar to the one that Shea had, maybe not to the same extent, I would say, why not? Because I'm, I've seen improvement since game one to today on baseline. So I really want that he gets 10, 12 minutes in a, in a very tough and tight environment like the playoffs. The other guys, I mean, no. I mean, Trey is useful. And I do think that he could be a piece going forward, not for uh, the sake of winning, but for the sake of, building a culture because yep. he and Steven can be your pillar defensively and show the young guys how to do stuff. I mean, we, we, we discussed it many, many times, how the way in which Ferguson defends, the way in which uh, Lou Dort defends really smells of Andre Robertson. Yep. Uh, you can, you can see the same movement. You can see the same timing. Imagine if he has like two, three years, alongside Dort, alongside Baisley, alongside Shea, how much he can tell to them, mm-hmm. he can teach to them. And so it is just good for a Thunder fan to see him playing and being his, his former self, almost. I mean, clearly, uh, physically, he will not uh, be ready to, to, to play 30 minutes a night. But I don't think that this version of the Thunder really needs 30 minutes of Under Robertson. 10, 15 of that of the quality of yesterday if you tell me that between now and the end of the playoffs for OKC he will provide 10 minutes 10 minutes like that I'm a buyer I want him to play those 10 minutes is your student loan payment too high is water wet well refinancing with Ernest can help you lower your monthly payment if you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Ernest. Even if you've refinanced before, with today's low rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online, it takes only two minutes, and then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Ernest makes it easy. 
Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Ernest customer service. They rated it at 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a loan with Ernest.com slash down to dunk. Once again, you get $100 cash bonus if you refinance your loan at Ernest.com slash down to dunk. Not available in all states. Visit earnest.com slash down to dunk for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinancing loans are made by Earnest Operations LLC NMLS 1204917. California Financing Law License Number 6054788. 303 Second Street Suite 401 in San Francisco, California 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. It's been this way all season where you think, okay, who's the guy that Billy's going to trust? Is it Ferg? Is it Nader? Is it Hami? And you just don't feel really good about any of those. Those, And don't get me wrong. Those guys can have good nights here and there. Like Hami can have an effective game here and there. Terrence, if he's willing to shoot the ball, which is really, to me, that's the issue with him. Shoot the ball. It's all, and it's been that way. Just shoot the ball. I mean, that's, you look at him and Dort. They got, they've had the exact same opportunities, right? The same. Yeah. And it's just, they're just very, they just handle it very differently. And that's been the issue with Terrence. Nader's been the best of all of them. And it's really not been very close all season. And there may even be situations where I prefer Nader over even Andre at times, just because we know that he can shoot the ball. Yeah, uh, but if you're playing like you, if the Thunder and Utah match up, give me Andre. Throw Andre out there on Donovan Mitchell for ten minutes and slow and just lock him up for ten minutes. I mean that's that's what he can provide for you, and he's still a good passer. I mean he had that touch pass to Hami that led to the dunk, which was really nice. Uh, he's just a smart player, and so just just give me give me this even this version of Andre, give me that. And if he can just have confidence, and that's one of his been long been one of his issues is that his confidence comes and goes based on how he's performing or how he's shooting. And I think that he, if he can control that a little bit and keep his confidence, I I think that's only helpful. And that was one of the holes on this Thunder team is. Who plays on the wing? And if it's Dort and Andre, great. That's great. Because Lou Dort, and is he's he's kind of been buried a little bit in these stories because it's been about Andre, it's been about the team's togetherness, it's been about Shea. But Lou Dort's looked really good. I mean, oh, yeah. really good. Handling the ball, shooting the ball, on defense, moving without the ball. He's He's been very good in these two games. And I know this is extreme over analysis of two scrimmages, but Lou has looked great. I mean, yesterday in 21 minutes, 13 points on four of seven shooting two of four from three. He had two boards, only one turnover and a block. He played really well. Like He's just a guy that you notice on the court. And that's that's been something with like the the rotation with the shooting guard for the Thunder for a decade is that sometimes you just don't even notice that they have a guy out there on offense and lose not that way at all. He's willing to shoot it. He's got a nice arc on it. It's, it's a still, it's a tiny bit lower than it was at ASU. <laughs> I remember watching those ASU highlights and I think I've said this on the pod before where he'd shoot it and it would go out of the shot and then, and then down <laughs> to the basket. It's, it's, you don't want a flat shot. Like Al Horford's, even though it was going in yesterday, you don't necessarily want a flat shot. But his was like rainbow over. <laughs> and it's still, it still is that way uh, to some degree. But you can tell like, he's really working. Like this guy is really working hard. And he's, he's never going to be a point guard, but he's a good secondary ball handler. Like, he's just looked really good. He looks like he fits in. He doesn't look like a guy that was on a two-way contract. He looks like a guy that should have been drafted in the first round. And I think that he feels that way. I know that he was very disappointed on draft night when he didn't get selected. And the dude is working his tail off and he is just fitting right in. And I think that that is something to be very excited about. And we have Darius, who's obviously a really 
a, a good rookie. Uh, but man, I think the excitement around Lou Dort uh, should should be increasing because he looked a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more when you, um, like a couple of minutes ago, you were discussing Ferguson versus Dort in terms of um, production on the court. I mean, Lou is productive. Lou is not shy of anything. Uh, he tries very high level, difficult reckless passes, uh, which is what you should do in a scrimmage. You should really show off. Uh, it's the same that Baisley is doing. They know that they have to, pr to play reliable defense. They don't have to take like absolutely random shots like Hami does, um, but they can freelance a bit. They can try to move the ball uh, with risky passes. They can try to do new stuff. They have to take open shots. Um, and Lou is doing those things. I don't expect him to keep up with the, with the shooting because it has been very good. But if you look at the way in which he shot free throws, it's actually a good motion in the upper part. It always was. Uh, I had a question. I remember um, the first Dream Team pod after the draft that we were joking about the fact that no shots of Ludort was the same as the, the, the one before in terms of his legs, the way in which he could uh, jump on the side, on the front, way back, like open legs, like everything. Um, right now, if you look at the way in which he goes into his shooting motion, is actually way more consistent. Mm -hmm. And he has a super strong body. It's not easy with a, with a body like that to, 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 to have the body memory, the muscle memory, to, uh, to have a, like a consistent three-point shot. Yep. But he's, he's working. He's working uh, to that end. And, and as you said, I mean, I agree 100%. He will probably never be a, your point guard, but if you have to give him the ball for a few possessions because you may be short on, on point guards or you have like a two, the other two uh, guards that have foul troubles, if he, ha if he has to stay on the court five minutes with the ball in his hands, I do think he will be capable of, of running an offense of some sort. I don't think he's a he's a pass he's a very good passer in terms of vision vision in terms of accuracy, but maybe he can be good enough in the future. And now he has other things to focus on, but I think that it is in his development. He sees himself as a point guard, mm -hmm. so he he used to play point guard uh, in college to a certain degree, and so it is a luxury to have a two guard that can play elite defense. And when you give the ball to him, he knows what to do with it. It's not just staring at this round sphere in his hands without knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, and so this is, he's decisive. I mean, he, he doesn't wait. He just takes decision. When he gets the ball, wherever on the court, he has an option. And sometimes it's a reckless option. Again, uh, he tried a behind-the-back pass, uh, a difficult pass in game one. Uh, but most of the time, it, it's a good decision. And if you attack the defense of like immediately you will create something especially if you can make like a good decision later to either pass the ball and, and go to the basket because yeah he, he has the strong a strong body he he can absorb contact and try to finish at the rim yeah i mean that's it, it is a it is a big deal for this thunder team to find a guy like that this is this is what the process sixers did and the thunder get to somehow do this without having to go through the process yet to get to find a guy. And I may, I may be wrong. I may be, I'm wrong all the time. I was wrong about Deontay Burton. Still love the guy. Still think he's really fun, really fun player. Hit a three yesterday. Got excited about it. But I think they've really found something with Lou Dort. I, I do. And I think that a lot of people within NBA circles believe that you talked with, with Jay about it on Friday, or I guess that was on Saturday with Lou Dort. Um, yeah. Or no, that was, I think it was actually on the Luke and Al pod that, uh, on the L man and beans pod that they talked about, uh, Sam Vecini just being outraged by the contract, which yeah, I don't know whether to be outraged or not about it yet, but I'm looking the way you can look at it now through the prism of, Oh wow. Okay. This guy is showing some improvement on his shooting. He can handle, we know he can defend. And he just works his tail off. I mean, that's, that's just a great guy to pair with Shea. 
whether he's a guy that starts, comes off the bench, whatever it is. And it's funny, like we talk all the time, well, who can we pair with Shea? Who can we pair with Shea? The answer might be that the guys on the roster today, that he's right there. Yeah. And that he's the guy that if he if he can shoot it at 35-ish percent from three on good attempts, like four attempts per game, and be confident to take those, score in transition like we know that he can, because that's a skill of his. Why not him? Why wouldn't you want a guy that can yeah. do that? Because we talk about, oh, we want a secondary ball handle. We need a guy that doesn't have to be on the ball, that can shoot it, that can defend. Well, I don't know. Like, it could be him. It could be. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying that I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. But I, I think that there's a chance that they have a guy there in, in Lou Dort. And obviously, he's the starter today, mostly because... The options are like we talked about, Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, and injured Andre Robertson. Okay, like he's clearly, you know, ahead of those guys. But I, I'm just intrigued to see how he performs in the playoffs. And and that's why you talk about it. How would it be nice to have a lottery pick? Sure. But these moments can be important too. These moments where yeah. you put these guys on the line and see, okay, what do we have here? Like what do we have here in Shea Gilders Alexander? You know, the, the Hawks don't get to see that. They don't get to see what they have in these players yet. And for good reason, that team stinks. But if yeah. they had good players surrounding those guys, and you could see, okay, what what is Cam Reddish? Like, he's gotten a little bit of hype as everything has settled down because he played well down the stretch. But what do we really have here in Cam Reddish? I don't think they really know. I yeah. think that you can take a look and really evaluate, like, where is Darius Baisley? Where is Lou Dort? Where is Shea? which are very important questions to be asked. Where's Terrence Ferguson? Can he even get on the court? If he can't get on the court on this team that has minutes available on the wing, where you're bringing back a guy that's been gone for two years and came back and he can't beat that guy out for minutes. I think we know what we have in him. I think we know what we have in these other guys too. And even in Steven, I mean, Steven's another guy. Let's, I mean, we can shift the focus to Steven, but like, I'm just overall to say like these moments are important and they're going to, this team will not be very good in the near future. I fully believe that, but it's nice to get this evaluation point on these guys. And even on Steven who has his mobility itself has looked really good. That's to, to me, that's been the most encouraging thing is that he's nimble around the rim again, which yeah. wanes as the seasons go, as the season goes on. That spin move that he had on Horford, I was like, okay, yep, there he is. That's it. Like that's that's all I need to see from him, because it's always been about mobility for him, and it's he's got back issues and he's had just problems with just being beat up, and if he can stay healthy and he can move like that, I think that you it raises the ceiling again for the Slender team. I mean, that's just what what's what's happening with with these guys and getting healthy is that the ceiling is just raised a little bit more with a guy like Steven getting healthy. We have a new sponsor today, and it's Artifact. Uh, Artifact is a really really cool company that I'm excited to share with you guys about. Uh, Artifact will take a story, maybe a story about your family or a story about maybe your grandparents that you're just like, oh, I just love the story and I love the way that they tell it. And they will take that and put it on a podcast for you. So they have professional interviewers that will interview whoever you'd like and make it into a podcast. And so I went to heyartifact.com and told them a few basic things about my kidney donation to my father-in-law. And so we're going to be making an artifact for the kidney donation to my father-in-law and have my father-in-law interviewed, probably have my wife and my mother-in-law uh, and maybe even my kids interviewed because I would just like for that story to be saved uh, for, for generations to come. And Artifact is a great way to do that. So I'm really excited to get started with them. Uh, I'll be sharing that episode with you when it's ready. But for now, you can go to heyartifact.com and hear some samples. There's tons of ways to use Artifact to capture stories with your friends and family. And when you're ready to make an Artifact of your own, use the code DUNK to get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com and use the code DUNK for $40 off. A few other comments on Lou Dort. I do think that having Shay, even if you have Lou Dort, you can draft a point guard. You can draft a, a two guard. You can draft a, like um, a small forward. He will fit anyway with these two guys because on one hand you have a slasher that maybe 
developing um, passing and a three point from the dribble in Shea. You have a bulldog that can handle the ball a bit. This mesh with anyone, like having yeah. a guy like Lou Dort doesn't really uh, restrict the guys who you should look at in the draft. If you if you find like a a point guard like Russell Westbrook, fine. If you find a Chris Paul, fine. Like if you find Paul George, would you play Shea, Dort, and Paul George? Of course. What's the matter? I mean, it's 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 totally okay. I mean, those two players. When you have players with high IQ uh, and with a with something elite that can keep them on the court, and I do think that uh, Lou's defense is trending towards that direction. Shea's ability to uh, to get to the basket is actually um, on pace to be very very good very very mm-hmm. soon i i do think that he has in him to be a primary slash secondary scoring option on a good team so you can you can play with those two and, and get another guy that fits with without sweating um steven i mean in game one he didn't have anyone to play against <laughs> to be honest oh, I mean, they, huge they, huge diss to daniel tice here on I mean, down to dunk Yes, as I said with Jay, probably I've seen like a lot of players being in game shape. Daniel Tice was not one of them. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, I'm not saying that he will not be in a week or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Boston really don't need him to be 100 to uh, to secure a good playoff spot uh, because they are that good. And when you have like Jason Tatum, Award, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, even if Tice is the one that plays played against Stephen Adams. It doesn't really matter. Sure. Um, but he was, he seemed to play at a different speed than Steven. Yeah. Um, against Horford, it was it was different because Philadelphia is a very, very good defensive team, especially uh, in the way they clog the, the middle and allow you to shoot whatever you want. Uh, and so Steven had like less uh, freedom uh, per se, and but it was still effective. I've seen him cutting. I've seen him doing stuff that I I missed from him. Um, so, uh, and, and the rebounding was there. I mean, yep. gobbling nine rebounds against that front line in 22 minutes, it's it's very good for Steven. And I wish we could like, have seen him against that's... Embiid, though. I was very disappointed when Embiid didn't play because that's what the, the matchup that I was very intrigued by is yeah. how does he hang with a guy like Embiid, who is very strong, huge, is going to shoot it from the outside, he's going to post you up, he's going to do all these things, where Horford's not, he's going to shoot it from the outside, he's a solid defender, but he's not that big. You know, I want to see him against another guy that's even bigger and stronger than he is. Not, not Maybe he's not stronger, but definitely bigger than Steven. Well, I, want just, to, I want to see him against a guy like Embiid. Uh, so that was just disappointing. have to wait seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um, uh, I mean that move where Steven had the fake on Horford he jumped and then he just yeah gently like put in the basket was, was something because Horford is a very savvy defender so yeah. he, he doesn't bite to fakes and that was a very good move and I I really liked that and I really want to see, I, I know that I said it probably in the last three podcasts, I want to see Steven in alley-oop situation with Chris Paul and or pick and rolls like he used to do with Russ. Mm-hmm. I don't care how it happens. I just want to see Steven smash the basket inside, smash the ball inside the basket. He just doesn't uh, really jump that much anymore. Uh, yes and no. I do think that that play is gone, not just for Steven. Uh, but because of like other priorities, like uh, free Chris Paul at the elbow, um, Chris Paul doesn't like to 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 get his screen super high like Russell Westbrook yeah. did. If you if you get if you take a screen like say uh, four feet from the three point line, you have more space to do that. Um, but Lob City was with Chris Paul in, so I don't know. Maybe it's is as a combination of the fact that. They want to preserve Steven's body, and that part of the game is uh, taxing on his knees and yeah. um, and back. back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's 
I, I don't know because he used to he did used to sky for alley oops, and you just don't see that much from him anymore. Maybe that is preservation or just it's not available anymore. Like <laughs> like it used to be because Russ was a great lob thrower and he's great at getting guys free because he atta- attracts so much attention getting the basket. Because you know when Russ gets ahead of steam, like oh goodness, like we have to send reinforcements to keep him from getting all the way to the rim, and they send him, and then the lobs open. Chris, it's different. Yeah. It's it's slow. It's methodical. It's okay. Where is he going? What's he doing? He's shifting around. He can get to the rim, but he's probably going to shoot this mid-range jumper. And do we need to get out on him? And then you dump it off to Steven and he's going to lay up. You know, it's, yeah. and, and Shea's the same. I mean, there was a little bit of two-man game yesterday with Shea that I really liked in the first half, even though the first half was pretty ugly for the Thunder. Uh, there were some Shooting-wise, yes. There were some moments that I really liked with Shea and Steven. Uh, where Shea was finding Steven off of his kind of wonky drives. I really, those were encouraging. I mean, you talked about it for the Saturday show that you wanted to see more passing from Shea, and we saw that from him. And I thought he actually looked pretty good. They're really, I think they're trying to push him to expand his game. And that's something that Billy does really well. And I think that's really, it's, he's a great coach for both Shea and for Baisley to have because he really tries to push them, push their boundaries while also giving them a kind of limited assignments, which is kind of a, it, their assignments are changing, I guess would be the way to put it where you could tell that there was an emphasis on, okay, I need you to find your guys uh, in the second scrimmage. And you could, you could tell that Shea was doing it and it was very encouraging. Yeah. I mean, that is probably one of the best traits uh, of Billy Donovan as a coach. The ability to uh, to guide young players and make them work on specific stuff while having some con- like some real contributor from the beginning. Like even Terrence Ferguson in, in his early days in OKC, you could see that he was working on some stuff. He was working on defense to keep him on the court and then maybe let him free roam on offense a little bit when he has like the hot hand. Then something went, went wrong with him, but I see the same pattern with Shea. I mean, Shea was not a guy who could take 15 shots last season. He did it probably once or twice. I'm, I don't know, like maybe maybe a little bit more, but he was a guy that used to take like seven, eight shots, yep. making 10 points a game. Like In like 30 minutes was, a night. I mean, this was 15 yeah. shots or, yeah, 15 shots in 24 minutes. Okay. Great. That's great. That's yeah, exactly. Most on the team, do it. Yeah, the, the focus really shifted for Shea this season. And I do think that Billy had has good vision, very good vision for young players, how they can become successful players. Um, sometimes it works, uh, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I, I really like Billy as a developmental coach mm-hmm. and, and in general as a coach. Probably was not the guy that could adjust so well to the personnel that he had. Uh, there are coaches that, you give him five guys and they can extract the very best of them. And there are coaches that prefer to uh, to have some sort of players that can play a certain style of basketball. Um, I mean, you cannot rank uh, coaches just on that, but I, I think it's true for Billy. And, and to be honest, I mean, having to coach Russ, it, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. Uh, even Mike D'Antoni was not making it work uh, with Capella on the, on the court. Right. And he had to do, you have, you, I mean, it's tough. He's a great player. He's an awesome player. And, um, and I think Billy did a, a good job. Uh, probably other coaches could have done a better job. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I really like from Billy uh, what he did with Shea and, and, and with this team. And I think he deserves to, to, to get at least a nomination for, for coach of the year. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. And I would have been, it's, it's interesting to see Russell with a GM as aggressive as Daryl Morey and not that Sam isn't aggressive. Sam is aggressive, but stylistically Morey is all maybe even too aggressive with what he wants to do stylistically, which catered a hundred percent to Russell Westbrook, 100% yeah. to him. And Maury is always doesn't have Sam has kind of his feet in the present and in the future. And it's always yeah, that way, to. always that way. Yeah. And Houston, the, the market difference is huge. 
would Sam do this if Sam was the GM for the Lakers or the Clippers or the Knicks or whoever? Would he do that? I don't know. But if you're the GM for the Thunder, oh boy, we have to we have to be always be planning for the future. And in Houston, it's they've got the oldest team in the league. They have a roster that is designed in a very very specific way where they're not versatile. It's we are playing small ball and we're going to have Russell just be this battering ram. We're going to have all these other guys on the perimeter. It would just have been interesting to see something like that in OKC and and how that would have worked. But the problem is, and, and this is the exciting thing for Thunder fans, is that eventually this could all come crashing down very fast for Houston. Uh, if, yeah. if, if they don't get past round one or two this year and do the same next year, now what? Who knows? Now yeah. what? And then you don't have assets. You've traded all your picks. You don't have any young guys. They have nobody on the... Alex and I talked about this a few weeks ago. They have nobody on their team that they drafted. I mean, it's it's all very... All the eggs are in this one basket, and it, it better work. Uh, transitioning to the, the veterans on the team, you know, guys like Schroeder and Chris and, and Gallo haven't seemed all that engaged to me <laughs> in these games, uh, especially Chris. You don't say. <laughs> so I don't take a lot from those minutes, and, and maybe I should. Maybe I should take some from those minutes, but they are certainly playing them, these games, like they are called a scrimmage. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Whereas, like, Dort and Shea and basely are like they're playing really hard those guys are playing really hard and and andre as well like those guys are playing hard they want they want to improve their games where i think gallo and chris are we're going to take it easy we're just i'm going to pass it around run up and down the court get get a good sweat in that's something you start saying whenever you are in your 30s is i want to get a i'm going to go get a sweat uh they probably just got a sweat in and that was it and so i want to see this team really going all out. And that's why I'm, I'm so like, I'm excited to see them play another scrimmage just because I'm star for basketball, but I'm really excited to see them against Utah. And like, what does this team look like at full tilt? Cause I don't think we've seen that yet. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them at the park, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Pick 10 players, stand to the salary cap, and pile up the points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have your skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, no, I don't think that we've seen um, any competent minute of Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder as of today. I mean, they played, yes. They shot the basketball. Chris Paul some. Dennis maybe a little bit more. The same goes to Gallo. Uh, but their commitment to to play with sort of aggressiveness and uh, and focus on details like a regular game uh, requires. I don't think that that was the case. Um, and if you go back to preseason, it's probably the same. I mean, veterans can pace themselves very, very well. And for OKC, the next eight, game, eight games might not be so important as for other teams. If you win two, three, you're probably in a good spot. Maybe four is better because it gives you the best chances of not taking the Clippers and not taking your get and, and still getting your pick back from Philly. Um, but it, even if everything goes wrong and they get the Clippers, so what? I mean, they don't they don't go past round one. So what? 
it doesn't really makes a difference for the like for the foreseeable future because yes you may disappoint a bit if you lose in round one but but are you really disappointing anyone after the season that you had and maybe like winning two against the clippers and then surrender in six games i don't know so there is no pressure they can raise their level of play in these eight games and being really ready for for round one so yeah. I, I really want the veterans to pace themselves to round one uh, without risking any injury, playing maybe like a little bit less than 100%, and maybe Billy managing their minutes heavily, like playing Chris Paul 26, 28, 30, not much more in the, in the next eight games. Because I don't think that there is, like, if somehow OKC, um, again, gets the Clippers, are we really like as a fan are you really disappointed about that yes <laughs> okay i'm not i mean this this will be a great series a series that you have <laughs> no place winning like you have no chance of winning that series but still you are the underdog maybe you win too and imagine if you win like wow the, like, yeah the trade, they made the trade and you eliminate them from the playoffs be hilarious wow. Yeah, I mean, Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell are not playing, right? So they have no bench. Well, I mean, you, you, what you need is you need them to these guys be going to more strip clubs, and then maybe you can figure exactly. out a way to <laughs> out a way to win the series. No, I want them. I mean, I think this team has a chance to really do something. And if you play the Clippers, I think that you you eliminate that possibility just because I, okay. I don't think you're beating Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah, me neither. You're just not doing it. There's just it's just not going to happen. If if those two guys are on the court, I'm sorry, you're not winning the series. You just won't win the series. Give me Denver. Give me Utah. Even give me the Rockets. And you're you're giving yourself a chance to get to round two. Something that you, the Thunder haven't done since Kevin Durant left. Give me that. I want it today. I've been starved for basketball. We've had this global pandemic. Give me round two. I want round two and give me a chance for it. So don't, I don't, I would be very disappointed. McKelly, oh. I'm, I'm building this up. It's built up in my head. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. Yes. I'd be very okay. disappointed. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're stealing. Let's sign Alan Crabb mode, right? Yes. I didn't turn you to let's full, <laughs> let's, let's focus fully on development and the future and not, like to well, this playoff series. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe not Alan uh, Crab. I uh, I did some asking around about Alan Crab, and apparently he just sucks now. So don't don't give me Alan <laughs> Crab. Just give me Andre. You know, give me the Andre minutes. Keep keep all the uh, keep all the Terrence Ferguson minutes to yourself. And, okay, and give me the Andre minutes. I think uh, I might say that I after seeing Andre, I I don't really want those Ferguson. I'm I'm really 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 disappointed about how Ferguson plays the last two games you don't say i mean i expected something different <laughs> why i did i did expect something different why? at the beginning of, of the season and yeah. i made a fool of myself predicting the five trees blah 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 oh, yeah he's made but I was fools of all of us but i was really confident that this period away from from everything could do him good yeah and that he could he could be back to be the spot-up shooter, defender, uh, a little bit more like free in his head, Terrence Ferguson. And yet we have the same version. Yeah. If anything, worse. Because it, it's, he's not getting minutes. He's getting like the same minutes that Nader is getting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that this, this Thunder group is so much different than the the groups with Russ. And I think that there are players that are better suited to be on a Russell Westbrook-led Thunder team. And I think Terrence is one of them. I think, frankly, Jeremy Grant is one of them. Uh, I think the guys that lack creativity with the ball, that lack uh, a, a, the ability to be a secondary ball handler, like those are Russell Westbrook players. Those are the guys you want with Russ because Russ is going to monopolize the ball He's going to find you, and you just need to shoot it. And that's all. And that's it. And obviously, Terrence has proven over the last year and a half that he's not even always willing to do that. But when Terrence is on his game, you're playing with Russ. You know you're getting a, 
you're getting a, a line drive right at you when he gets to the rim and you're going to be wide open. And this team is a little bit different. That's why Lou Dort is much better than Terrence is in that spot because he has some creativity within his game. He has some feel within his game and he can kind of roam a little bit and find his spot and cut and, and move with or without the ball. Terrence is stand there and catch and shoot and that's it. And sometimes it's just stand there, catch, kill the possession and move it on. Like that's, that's, that's Terrence's game. Like that's has, that's been his offensive game. And he just may not be as well suited to play with this group. And I, and I don't know that Jeremy is super suited to play with this group either. I think would Jeremy Grant be an upgrade as a backup four over Baisley today? 100%. Yes. But are, can you maximize Jeremy Grant with this group? I don't know. I don't know yeah. if you can. I think this group is different. They're, they're, they're a, a team that really shares the ball a lot. Like you're gonna, if you're on this team and you're on the offensive end, you're going to have the ball. Steven has had the ball a ton this year yeah. and he scored less, but the, but he's passing more. His assists are up. Uh, his assist rate is up. Like he's just, he's playing, you know, within himself, but also he has the ball more. And I don't think Terrence knows what to do when he has the ball more. And I don't know that Jeremy Grant really does either. So it, to me, it's, it's just interesting to look at the players that were good with Russ and the players that are good with this Chris Paul SGA Gallo team. And I think that those guys really do want to involve others and really do want others to take up possessions and, and things of that nature. And that's why the three guard lineup works. Yeah. It's, it's why it works. Cause you have four you made, guys, you really five me, guys that can, that can take the ball. You made me sad. Why? Like, so sad why? because I thought about two of my favorite Thunder player of the of recent years, not like in terms of their uh, strength on the court, but just like Alex Sabrinas and Domas Sabonis would be oh perfect, perfect. Sabrinas should be on this team, man. He should be on this team. He would yeah. be. I mean, if if he was the nader of this group, oh, like, wow. give me a break. You know, he's like he, again. Cre- he's a creative player. He can get to the rim. He can shoot it. And he can move. I, he, he can, can move. really move without he, the basketball. Man, yeah. he should be. He should one. He should be in the league. Two. He yeah. should be on this team. He is so this Thunder team. Yes. It makes me feel it. It is sickening. And then Domas. Yeah. I mean, we without the Domas trade, we don't have Shea and all this stuff. So I mean, I can't complain about that one. But oh, we deserve yeah. a redo on Abrinas. Call him. Call him up, Sam. Sam loves him. <laughs> Sam loves Alex Abrinas. Is, Get him over like, here. He's score, scoring four points in SAB. So, oh, is he really? I mean, I yeah. No, he's not. I don't know what. Well, he's ruined. The dude's yes. been ruined. His basketball game's been ruined. That is sad. That is a. That is. That's a terrible basketball casualty. There, I hate that. And upsetness. We have Darius Basley, Ludort. This is true. We, playing, this playing team, this team is glorious. Yes. They're, yes. <laughs> if you were to guess on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor? What would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel any time. So if you've struggled with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Uh, let's move on. So Sam Amick of The Athletic, who did an interview today with David West who a lot of Oklahoma City basketball fans know and love David West, so you should listen to that podcast. It's dropping tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning, uh, on the Athletic uh, NBA show. Uh, really great interview. David West was was awesome. 
So make sure you go listen to that. But Sam Amick wrote an article about his awards ballots and the Thunder are just sprinkled throughout it because the Thunder are a, a very relevant team to this season. And the biggest one is six man of the year, which spoiler alert, Sam Amick has Dennis Schroeder winning the award. And you ask around and you're going to hear a lot of Montrez Harrell. And frankly, Montrez Harrell does definitely deserve to have first place votes because the guy has been incredible this year. Uh, Lou Williams is on the ballot just because he has to be. It's just he's going to be on the ballot until he's out of the league. That's just how this works. But he picked Dennis to win it. And I think I think that he has a legitimate shot to win this award and I'll be very interested. I think this is one that will kind of come down to the wire. I think that, you know, I think Giannis will be the MVP. I think Defensive Player of the Year will probably go to Giannis as well, if not Anthony Davis. But I think this one's going to be a tight race between Schroeder and Harrell. Yeah, I mean, Amick um, had Schroeder and then Harrell, Lowy at the opposite. I do think that he's a tight race. Um, if you if you select Montrez as your six man, I think it's fine. You have a case. Uh, he was awesome, sensational offensively. He was not great, but I would say serviceable uh, defensively, not too bad defensively. And his team was great. His team was the second best team in the in the West. Um, and the bench was a huge part of that record. Um, you can say the same things as Danny Schroeder, maybe a little bit less uh, offensively and a bit, bit, little bit more defensively. Um, mm-hmm. But he was, for sure, impactful. Like maybe it, at the same level as of Harold. I don't have the advanced number in front of me right now, uh, but they both are well in that category because the Clippers bench is awesome, and when Schroeder is on the court, OKC is awesome. Yeah. So. I do think they have a legit case, and um, and it would be interesting to see who um, who actually wins it. I do think that with Trez, they have the chance to to crown a big man off the bench, which is yeah. something that doesn't happen very ho- often. Mm-hmm. And Schroeder may be casualty of the fact that Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams won the award uh, over the last few years, and. And Trez is something new, yeah. and um, sometimes it's it's just that. But, if but I, I mean, bet, you could also make the case that Trez was the the best six man in the NBA. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and not I'm only that, we're a, sick of like scores no, off the bench. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean, imagine that you have like two cars getting to the uh, the finish line, basically the same level, and then a fly puts himself on the top <laughs> and, and one of the, like a car win. That is, that is why, well, maybe, well, yeah. they are tied, but what if we do a little bit different? Ah, yeah, it's stress. So yes. uh, I, I, again, I, I think it's a very even race between yeah. the two and you can make cases for both, but I think, I do think that if I have to bet, I would bet on Trez just because of the fact that uh, he has a lot of hype and he's different. Again, it's a different kind of six man. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the, even if like, yeah, if you look at it from a type of, bat, what, what uh, Trez provides on the court, is a scoring punch of the bench. So mm-hmm. it's not really different from Jamal Crawford or um, Lou Williams. It's just like a different role, but yeah. uh, like traditional role. The functional role in the court is the same. A guy that can give you a boost off the bench and Schroeder is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm very, very intrigued to see uh, who ends up bringing that one home. And I think Schroeder does have a chance and he's very deserving. And in any other random year, I think Schroeder would, would have won it. Uh, but it, there's a case to be made for Trez. So uh, to me, that that is definitely one to watch for. Uh, another award that is talked about with involving the Thunder is Coach of the Year. And I think that Nick Nurse will end up winning this award. I think there's too much hype around him as, quote-unquote, the best coach in the NBA, uh, which feels wild to say about a guy who was coaching in the G League two and a half years ago. Uh, But, man, he's been very good. That Raptors team has been much better than anybody would have thought after losing Kawhi Leonard 
who is maybe the best player in the world. And you take him off the team and they don't really skip a beat in the regular season. Still a very, very good team. Uh, But Billy Donovan is in this conversation as well because this is a team that had such a high level of turnover. And that's, I mean, that's honestly been the story of Billy Donovan's NBA career so far is high turnover every single season. His, you go from Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook team to just like the Russell Westbrook, now I do what I want season to Paul George, Carmelo Anthony to just Paul George. And then now you have Chris Paul, Shea <laughs> Gilles Alexander and, and Gallinari. I mean, he's had no consistency whatsoever within his NBA career, but he continues to find success. And did they disappoint the last two seasons? No question did they disappoint. You can go listen go listen to us at the end of the season on both of the on, on our show after the season how disappointed oh, yeah. we felt. Uh, but this year I don't think we feel that way. I think our one the expectations were stripped away, which is always helpful <laughs> in the case of coach of the year. And that's where you see a lot of I mean you look at the teams that are on here, the teams that are on here, two of the three uh, on Sam Amick's ballot are no expectation teams. Raptors, wow, mm-hmm. they won the championship. Great. Man, lost their best player. Oh, that's too bad. Expectations just stripped. Okay. Some even thought they would tank. Some thought they would just build around Siakam and just tank. Yeah. Uh, no, they're trade one of the- Lowry, trade everyone. Just yeah. Just tank. Yeah, find a home for Marcus All and yeah. just end it. Uh, Mike Budenholzer is another one that's on there. Obviously, they're a, a team that has a ton of expectations and they exceeded them this year. But then you have the Thunder. Trade Russ, trade Paul. Oh, you know what, Thunder? Take the year off. No expectations for you guys anymore. And they have exceeded. I mean, a lot of people were, I mean, you could you struggled to find some, like a group of people that thought they would make the playoffs before this season. It was Jay Smith, and it was, I don't know who else. Maybe it was just Jay that thought they would make the playoffs. Maybe that was it. And... Here they are firmly in this conversation. And you have Brian Windhorst on his podcast saying things like, I think the Thunder could do some damage. What? I mean, that's Billy. That's Billy. The job that Billy has done has been tremendous. To get this team to fit together, to have the camaraderie that they have. Yes, I think that a lot of it is that this is a group of guys that have no ego. And obviously you have to have some ego, but they don't in relative NBA terms, they have no ego. Yeah. Which helps a ton. And they have a leader in Chris Paul who has stepped up and, and done everything that you could ever ask of him. You have Dennis Schroeder who has set aside what was once thought as a tremendous ego and said, yes, I will come off the bench. Yes, I will take on this secondary role, which is huge. And Gallinari has always been that way. Steven's always been that way. Shea is maybe a year or a year and a half away from being a guy that would probably not fit in on this team. Because he's going to need more shots. Because I think that we have a star in the making with Shea Gilgis Alexander, and that he will once once he becomes a star, he's a guy that will need the ball more, and he'll need the shots, and he'll need all these things. And right now, he's just this young, I'm happy to be here guy. And they have just found this unique circumstance where Billy is able to just glue all that together, and they've come together, and they're a team that you're like, oh, huh? Well, we didn't see this coming. And to me, that's that's the case for Billy, is that he's done just a tremendous job with this crew. And there's a lot of credit that goes to him and to Chris and to Shay. Uh, but he definitely deserves some shine. I don't, I don't think he's going to win it, but he deserves some shine. Oh, I completely agree. And um, a bit on Nurse, he had also a season where he never had his team fully healthy. And he still was able to be second best team in the, in the east that yeah that is very oh, yes. very very important I, I think he he wins it um and it's not even close but you're right i mean among the others uh billy uh deserves um deserves praise mm-hmm. and i do think that if you put him as a second second place uh even maybe someone in the first place i don't i don't see that uh i i, I do see Budenholzer getting some uh, first place votes. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that Billy belongs uh, to the conversation this year. On Shea, um, and please let me dream with open eyes. Uh, <laughs> like stars can be different. Yeah. And especially if they grow 
in a different environment. I mean, Russ and KD had to use their elbows in order to to put their heads above the others because they were like in a in a place that no one knew. They were, they were the young up and coming team that no one believed could do anything. Like they were built with that kind of uh, I will prevail on you period. We are tough as nails and we will do it as individuals inside this team. Uh, I will be a scoring champions. You will be the, the guy who uh, harass others. I mean, you will be a force, a brute force. And like Shay will, Shea will probably play in a different environment. I mean, there are stars like Steph Curry, like Clay Thompson that don't mind giving up shots in order to be part of something greater. And this is what made this team special this season is that there are egos. I mean, Shea has one. Uh, Gallo is a prideful guy. Uh, Steven, I think, has a certain ego. Chris Paul is a huge personality. And, and, and then it's just the same. But they probably decided together that it was worth to try something different. And that if they played like Adams in a, in a, like in the team, like single individuals, nothing could have worked for them because they really need to be more than the sum of their parts. And, and if you build that culture, if you try and, and succeed on building that culture, maybe in five years, Shea would be the one that sees a rookie with potential and still gets 18 shots, but maybe, maybe not 25. And that rookie could have 10, 11 shots a game and is allowed to, to blossom in this environment. I mean, this sounds like very harsh and bad on Russ. It's not. I mean, they had to do that. They had to become that kind of players. And they were great at it. If not for injuries, OKC has a title. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. So they were winning. They were winning big. But they had to be built that way. I mean, Scott Brooks built that 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 kind of uh, competitive environment between each other. He spoke about that multiple times in interviews like after practice they 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 they, they really uh i i don't i don't find the words now um they they really com were competitive between each other so, i mean russ is here at 6 a.m i have to be here as, as well mm -hmm. uh in kd so it's different they find their way to be successful but there are other ways and i really hope that this year serves as a uh blueprint for Shea, because he will probably have a big part, uh, a big say in, in what comes for, in terms of culture of this team in the coming years. And yeah. maybe this will be the blueprint that he will follow. Yeah, I just think that he'd outgrow this role is all. And that he's, oh, yeah. that he's a guy that can see like, oh, like I can average 27 a game. I got, no, Steph I did average 30. Yeah. <laughs> No. Clay averages more than 20. Yeah, I know. I know those and those guys are extraordinary players. And Shea may also be an extraordinary player. That, that, that could be the case. But uh, I just think it's more common. And this, yes. I can't remember where this is talked about. Maybe on the Hoop Collective where it's Donovan Mitchell. Where it's like, okay. like He is playing in that kind of environment like we're talking about. But he's outgrowing it. Right. He's outgrowing the role that was given to him as a rookie and as a second year player. And he's kind of being pushed a little bit further out to where the point where people are saying, like, yeah, I don't even know that he's the second best player on the team anymore. Like, OK, stop it. Like, stop it. Like, he's obviously one of the best players on the team, but he's outgrowing his role and he's maybe taking away from the group a little bit. And I can you can see that happening. And I think that the Thunder will put themselves in a position where it won't matter quite as much. But I think that's. That's kind of where we're at. Uh, one more thing to touch on is he has Chris Paul making the All-NBA third team with the other guard being Russell Westbrook, which is just wild to think about. Uh, but I think that Chris Paul is certainly deserving of an All-NBA selection. And then I'm extremely disappointed in Sam, and I'll have to let him know that uh, he didn't put Lou Dort on his All-NBA second team, which is something he's going to regret down the road. He's going to really, really be kicking himself for not putting Lou Dort on there, but, uh, you know, nobody's perfect, not even Sam Amick. So <laughs> I think that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. I mean, between Russ and Paul, it's, it's, uh, it's a close call. Yeah. Um, 
the impact on the team is different. I mean, Russ has a, had a very big second part of the season, but the first one was was bad. It was just bad. It was bad. And I, I and I think that Chris Paul had a more steady uh, season, mm-hmm. um, and his contribution to OKC is as as Amy says uh, in the article. I mean, plus twelve point two in terms of net rating is is huge. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to look at the twenty games that Russ ended the season with. They were incredible. And if you want to put a little bit more of effort on that, fine. Um, but I do think that Chris Paul has the same case and it's it's a coin flip. And in this case, I would lean towards uh, Chris Paul that took the team that had at the beginning of the season without adjustments and made it work yep. and was insane in clutch time <laughs> together with the net rating. He was the best player. Like you don't find statistics like that in crunch time ever. no no it is it is absurd and one of the things that makes me excited about this team and also scares me a little bit because i just don't know if you can replicate it but i'm interest, interested to see how that goes um kelly thanks for coming on the show it's good to be back uh we appreciate all that you do for for our show and also for thunder after dark if you're not subscribed to thunder after dark you should at patreon.com slash okc dream team um, follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me at tw- on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It would really mean a, a lot to us. We try to put as much content out for you guys as we can. And there's a small way that you can repay us is click on the Purple Podcast app, search Down to Dunk, hit five stars. It's very easy. It should take no more than 20 seconds of your life. And it helps helps me and all of our podcast guys in our lives. So please do that. Have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.